It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, Meg Herber, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, Meg, and Bill. And welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, are three hosts I'm going to get to at a time of my choosing in just a minute. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, Next Level Apparel. You know, we talked about how they are synonymous with high-quality fashion-forward shirts, tank tops, uh, T-shirts, and fleece but also want to share how purposeful they are in making positive impact in their communities. You know, their ethos is rooted in giving back and creating initiatives right to that end. Recently, they donated over 400,000 garments to the Cambodian Red Cross, and they were just approved as a member of the Fair Labor Association, which means they're committed to upholding working conditions and labor rights across all of its manufacturing facilities. So, honestly, that's a huge thing as Gen Z enters the marketplace as a lot of our buyers for promotional products they're always going to look for a social component in the companies they choose to do business with so that's a really huge thing that next level has so they're motivated by making their customers lives easier and better because they know when their customers win next level wins so go ahead and visit them at nextlevelapparel.com you're not going to be sorry you did as I mentioned earlier, I've got three fabulous co-hosts of this podcast with me. I've got Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager over at Headwear USA. What's up, guys? Meg Erber, Outside Sales Manager for SNS Activewear. Hey. I've got Stephen McFadden, President of Perfect Promotions and More. What's up? All right. So today we're going to talk about time management, and especially from a sales perspective, how do you juggle the time needed to develop new business versus servicing your existing clients. Stephen, let's start with you because I think this is your topic. Yeah, um, it, it, it was, but I, I'm very excited to hear everyone else's opinions, but let me tell you a little <laughs> bit about, <laughs> about mine. Um, so, so I think that's a, it's a challenge, right? So in this, and as sales folks, um, it, it can be a challenge, right? So I think that there's managing your day, Right. And I think we everyone gets caught up into a cycle at some point in their career or maybe it's just every day, which is jump on the email, start answering as many things as I can. Oh, my goodness, it's 430. Like it's it's like you go through and you're like, where did where did my day go? Like I've just been answering requests all day. I didn't go see anyone. I didn't call anybody. And and it's a very easy trap to get into. Um, so, it you know, how to how to manage your day, focus, you know, focusing some time on new business development every day um, or every other day or figuring out how to budget that time uh, versus, you know, how do you spend it on people that you may not have heard? So it's not new business development, but it's keeping up with your current, you know, your your current clients as well as the daily demand of, of orders. You know, I think that there's a there's a balance that has to be struck there. And that's what I want to hear people's take on. So from a looking at it sort of in the distributor's shoes i think um bill aren't you the one that mentioned that anytime somebody mentions a statistic or a percentage of something it's completely made up uh, i 
don't think I. I, I thought I thought you had said that at some point on a podcast. Every ten <laughs> times that Bill Petrie says a statistic, it is not true. No, no, no. <laughs> Here, no, no. Thing. I so do, I, I, I said believe... I said that to preface this. I'm, yeah. I'm going to throw out some random mass. I was number. about to say I do believe you can twist <laughs> statistics, but there's, yeah. I, I know what I said. There's lies, lies, and then damn statistics. Okay. So you can twist statistics, and it's one yeah. of those breaker words agenda. for me. I can't say it. So 94 percent um, of distributors out there are very reactive when it comes to selling and basically what that means is that you guys are so busy uh you know and i say busy meaning busy not necessarily always productive and that can a lot of times fall on uh on the end users uh side of things or being you know an issue uh, stemming from the end user and you know spinning wheels wasting time whatever but ultimately, I think because the distributor is so reactive a lot of times, they, they actually struggle with new business development more than uh, maybe the supplier does. Um, and maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's the same way for the suppliers as well. But I would say, you know, it's just one of those things that I think you just have to dedicate a set amount of time for and just block everything out. You've got to shut your phone off. You've got to close your email and you've just got to focus on that one thing. And if it, listen, if it's five minutes a day, if it's a half an hour a week or an hour a week or an entire day, like whatever, whatever that is for you, you've got to set you know, a goal and, and just say, look, every day or every week, I'm going to set, set aside X amount of time to do nothing but new business development. And then actually set that time aside and eliminate distractions because that's the problem is that everybody gets distracted and then the, the work never gets done. No, so that, how that's do you, a great how, Sorry, how, no, how do you personally find new business then? What tools are you using? So I'm, I want to, I have a whole different outlook on this. Yeah, so for for a distributor or for a supplier, I think it's a little bit different just because, you know, there's only it's if you're unless you're going, you know, direct to the end user, which we don't. So, uh there's only so many people you can actually go after. Uh but ultimately, anybody that's on selling or reselling is somebody that we could technically sell to. Uh I think is is the key. So, you know, we would sell obviously through the 27,000 distributors that are in the country. We would also sell to any uh embroiderers, screen printers or decorators that are selling uh, their own product as well. And then, you know, it also comes down to, you know, potentially uniform companies or somebody like that, that's maybe, you know, on selling it to somebody else, as long as they're a reseller, then technically it still falls within the parameters of what a supplier is able to sell to. Um, you know, the majority of our new business development is look, you know, there's 10,000 suppliers in let's just say the Southeast. I don't know if that's an accurate number or not either, but just for the sake of the conversation, there's 10,000 distributors in the Southeast, you know, so we're only doing business with, let's say a hundred of them. I've got, you know, a whole lot more people that I can now go after and try to develop that new business with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So would you say Jeff, 60% of the time it works all the time? 60% 60% of the time, it works most of the time, yeah. Sweet. Your time. All right, Stephen, what about you? I mean, obviously, you, you've you got a big client base, and from a distributor perspective, you probably have a different take on this. Yeah. Um, you know, we one of the things I learned, uh, I think it was a year or two ago, as far as managing my time, and I think I heard this from, uh, oh, no, I heard it from uh, Catherine Graham. She she does this really cool thing about personal, personal development time. Um, and so... It's, I've been trying to do it more this year, and it's been pretty good, but it helps me schedule my day for, uh, like, like you know, get a, getting a plan of attack. So that personal development time, first thing in the morning uh, is when I, when I try to have it, is basically I'm going through my schedule of the day. Um, it's trying to plan out, you know, who am I going to talk to? I'm not touching email. I'm not doing any of that. I'm looking at my 
I have a CRM that has some of my uh, trackers for new business development. I'm going to make some phone calls during that period of time. I'm going to try to set up some meetings. I'm going to try to, you know, tackle things for not related to urgent current emails or in current projects. um, And one of the things she she gave in her example, and I think this was at the uh, Sessions uh, event in uh, Los Angeles that I was at, it said... uh, you know, you know, everyone worries about, well, I don't have enough time. Like there, there could be an emergency order. And she asked the question, okay, let's just say um, there was an accident on the way to work and you arrived 30 minutes late. Would that, would, would that have ruined your ability to fix that pro-emergency or emergency if you arrived 30 minutes late? And everyone's like, no. It's like, okay, well then just pretend there's an accident, you know, or whatever the analogy is. But just take that 30 minutes um, and do it because it's really not going to affect – anything if you take, you know, 20, 30 minutes up to an hour, right? It's not really going to change anything if you can get to it then later. Um, well, you can shift the, your time a little bit too. Like if you, in that sure. instance, like if you are stuck in traffic because of an accident or whatever, then you could be making calls from the road, sure. you know, on your Bluetooth speaker. Hands-free, and, of course. And, you know, so if you had that time set aside, you know, for one o'clock, you know, to make 30 minutes worth of calls, well, now you can make those 30 minutes worth of calls in the car, you know, on your way to work while you're stuck in traffic like there's, yeah, there's the, always well, the, ways to the the analogy around. is is meant to be well there's not I, really, yeah, really an accident <laughs> yeah no 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 i i, I got but the I'm analogy but i'm just saying uh-huh. like in that situation you could also move things around to yeah. sort of suit your schedule as well for sure for sure actually some of the most productive time i have is when i'm doing like long road trips to you know a, a meeting or something because i'm just making phone calls like i i can't get distracted by emails because i can't be emailing while i'm driving so what can I do? Well, I can call on customers, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so that's that's a cool use of time. But you know, I, I'm I'm equally as guilty as everybody. I, I get sucked into the email trap. I try to take uh, at least an hour, hour and a half a day away from email to do. Um, now that I do more stuff, company, big picture wise, but just to talk, walk around, see what everyone else's projects are, see what everyone else has going on. So literally, I'm creating a, um, I'm kind of evolving into a schedule that works best for the team, but I still have to keep a lot of open time so I can go visit customers. And, um, you know, <laughs> Jeff, I know you've got a crazy uh, schedule coming up this year uh, for tw- this year for mm-hmm. uh, for visiting customers. Um, I, I personally, I'm like, I feel like I have that many people I could go see. I don't know how I'd keep, you know, I would want to keep up with it because you still have all the emails flooding in. So I guess you got to mm-hmm. have a good team and knowing how to delegate your time uh, where it's most effective, right, or most efficient. Yeah, de- delegation and a lot of man hours as well. Like so in the evenings rather than, you know, just sitting in the hotel watching TV or whatever, I'll be working doing emails up until, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, and then back at it super early the next day. So it's just it's it's sort of a combination of both. I mean, I've got a great team on the inside that I can rely on and and you know delegate stuff too. But at the same time, in the evenings, like if I'm dealing with somebody on the West Coast or uh, you know in Hawaii or something like that, then you know I can be emailing and phone calling up until ten, eleven, twelve o'clock at night and and not really have to worry about it. So it's just a lot of uh, a lot of burdensome man hours. So yeah. I have kind of a different outlook on this whole time management thing, where you guys are setting an hour per week. I do think. So it, it breaks down to all these being different business types, distributor, different types of suppliers, you know, decorators, whatever it may be. And I think your time management comes down also to your book of business. For instance, my book of business is going to be different than yours, Jeff. It seems like yours is more of a geographical territory book of business, whether like you're based, it's based on the growth within that geographical location, i.e. the, the Southeast. Am I, am I correct? 
Yeah, I, mean, I think that's how a lot of suppliers are set up. I mean, ultimately, well, it, it you know, was bef- when I was be- like that at Jetline, it was definitely set up like that. But it's kind of different now. That's why I wanted to kind of go into why I, my my mindset's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, you need to spend that hour today and try to pick out new business and who's doing stuff with you. But that, that's how you're going to grow. It's completely how you're going to grow. And then, and then as a distributor, when I was a distributor, I would say about our retention rate was probably about twelve to twenty percent. But I was an online distributor. I wasn't going out and seeing customers. These, all these, most of the business was new business. Um, so trying to, trying to find it wasn't the problem. That new business was actually just coming to us. We weren't even going out and doing anything. It was, we had to actually really work for those reorders. You know, every year we'd maybe send out a postcard. Hey, you ordered this last year. You get free setup if you reorder type thing. So we were really focused on trying to worry about old business. Now as SNS, I my book of business is, is based on set customers within a territory so for me i might have 150 people in my book of business or i might have 100 and i might need more so what i'm going to do is i'm going to try to generate new business at trade shows number one i'm going to kind of you know scoop them out see if they're working out of their garage and they're the guys with the cart obviously or if it's somebody that comes there with a list and they know what they're doing and they're like, oh yeah, I'm working on this project. That might be someone I might be more inclined to focus on next week or on that Friday when I'm doing my follow-up. So I like to use trade shows as new business generators, but also when I'm building out my week for my meetings, I, I am dead set on having a very active calendar, putting everything in my calendar. I'm so busy that if it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. Whether it's a school concert or a meeting, it mm-hmm. has to be in my calendar. Otherwise, I'm going to double book myself. So I use a couple of tools. So I, I upload all of my accounts into a GeoMap, which pinpoints it. And I will give props to Joe Hoffman on this. He's not my boss anymore, but he used to oh, be. Yeah. And he's amazing. And he gave me this tool. And I still use it. So I plug all my points in. My I'm sorry, my, uh, my customers in. And I can kind of color code the customer pinpoints by like a, a B, C, D type customer. What are you using? Is it Google My Maps or is it something um, else? Well, I've just found out I could do this through Google Maps. So actually for 2020, I'm going to make that switch over because I use Google Maps as my GPS anyway. So it's yep. like, it'd be so much easier. But right now I'm using like Batch Geo or Geobatch or something. Okay. It's basically, it's the is, same that a, is that a free app or a it's free? free. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so I plug it in and it goes, so I'm like, all right, now I know where I'm going to spend my day. This, this allows me to minimize the time I'm on the road. I, I can actually see all of my accounts kind of like in front of me where they're located so I can build out my day that way. Mm-hmm. And I try to hit four customers a day. Sometimes I'll get five, some, most likely it's three. But if it's three or maybe it's only two because I'm in a weird area, I will also use another tool. Um, ASI Credit Connect actually is amazing. Oh, wow. I use it every day. Actually, SNS was like, you're the only person that uses it. We're probably going to take it away. I'm like, no. If they take it away, I'll be so pissed because I use it all the time. And that's actually what I do. Like I'll, I'll, uh, rather than, well, maybe I shouldn't well, no, say this, but ra- rather than, rather than purchasing a list from Promo Hunter or yeah. through ASI Credit Connect, I'll actually copy and paste everything in that it's territory perfect. based on the parameters. Yeah. And then I use that Excel sheet to upload into my, my maps and there just plot go. that on, on my, uh, on my quote unquote geo map. Yeah. Cause let's say I'm going to be in like state college or whatever. I'll put in that zip code. I can put in 10, 15, 20, 35 mile radius. Mm-hmm. Customers have an interest in apparel, which means they were on that website looking for apparel in the last 30 days. And I could set, okay, it has 
to be, they have to do at least a minimum of a hundred grand in the industry or whatever. I can put whatever parameters and filters in that I want yep. and I use that to fill in my appointments. So I will always have those four or five appointments every day. They might just be drop-ins, but it's me vetting new customers to add to my overall book of business, which is what I want. I want to have every single one of my customers making a set minimum. Every year I might throw a couple on there and then I'm like, okay, after vetting them for a year, zero responses, or maybe I really was able to grow that account. I look on growth and if I'm not being able to grow that account based on what I've been doing, then it obviously was a bad vet. But for the most part, I can keep them and, and continue to flourish and grow them. But So how, how does that work for you though, Meg, if you're, because you said you're, you're sort of limited to a set number of clients within mm-hmm. a certain geographical territory. So yeah. how are you able to, you know, go to like state park or state college and, uh, you know, do a, a map or a search within a certain radius and then go after those customers? Like, wouldn't they already be another SNS ActiveWares reps customer or how, like, no, how does so that work state, with you guys? So, so my territory is actually South Jersey, um, Philadelphia, all the way out to state college, that corridor, uh, you mm-hmm. know? So any customer that's in that territory, that geographical territory ultimately could be my customer, could be on my book of business, but it's up to me to vet them to make sure that they are worth it. You know, worth, gotcha. being, I don't say worth being on my book of business, but worth having an outside sales rep call on them. They've put customers on my book of business that, maybe doing 50 to a hundred thousand, but they have not responded to a single phone call, drop in sales meeting requests, nothing. So it's like where my, this customer could probably be benefited better by somebody on the inside because they don't oh, want yeah. outside people coming in and they might be able to grow up more. So unselfishly, I have to be able to let them go. Um, usually if someone's not seeing an outside rep, they're not making those kind of numbers anyway, but they're, and this inside has to do the same. Hey, I can't grow this. They're only buying basics. Maybe you can get in there and get some, some fashion, some premium brands in front of them and really take this account to the next level. So we have to be able to work with our inside counterparts, even though we kind of all compete against each other, we still all work together. Now, does that work in reverse too, where your inside sales reps are feeding you leads that could yeah, be? Yeah, well, not all of them, but one. Yeah. <laughs> the ones I have really good relationships with, they get it and they realize if it, we're a team and we have to work together as a team, and I help them too. So I, I have a girl named Ellen who's absolutely amazing. Part Hi, of her, Ellen. <laughs> part of her territory overlaps with mine. And I've actually, she's like, Meg, you're going to be out in Lancaster today. Can you go see this customer for me? I'm like, without a doubt. And I've done that on multiple occasions. And then I have customers sometimes that need a little bit more hands-on care that I can't do because I'm on the road four days a week in meetings all day long. So I'll say, hey, can you just reach out to Ellen? Or Ellen, hey, can you reach out to this guy? He's He needs his kid gloves on. And you're like, I need you to really get in there. So yeah. because we and her and I work together like that, it's only beneficial to our customers. That's super interesting. The reason I ask is because we're actually uh, we're going to be hiring an inside sales rep to sort of work with me on all of my accounts. So Good. we're actually sharing accounts. That's one hundred percent the way to do it. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's super cool. Hmm. Yeah, was we, we right now we don't have a lot of inside sales support. We have a couple of like inside counterparts that work with us on some of our accounts, but for the most part, we're on the road all day, and then we're handling our own accounts, and that's why it's imperative. I think to really see some actual growth, you need an inside counterpart. So oh, yeah. uh, kudos to you on that. That's a really good move. Thank you. You and know, that's all. from a business <laughs> services perspective, you know, we have a little bit different pers- uh, yeah. perspective on it's this. It's different obviously. based on business models. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we do, uh, we probably spend, I'd say almost a balanced amount of time on right. new account acquisition and really working with our current clients because our business model is such that it's not a one-time delivery all the time. And I know a lot of you guys have relationships, so you have programs. So to kind of make the, the correlation, you guys have 
a corporate program. So it's going to be, you know, a certain amount of product every month and things like that. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of deliverables. So people might buy, for example, um, 26 emails to broadcast throughout the course of the year. And then they have several ads that will appear on promo journal, um, which is our content page, uh, three or four times a year. And we work with them to create those ads. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about that, you can email me directly at bill at promocorner.com. <laughs> I'll be happy to help you out with that. But anyway, so we're constantly working with our clients, so it almost helps insulate um, our our existing clients because we're working so closely with them all the time. Awesome. Wow, that was a grousing reaction. (laughs) Awesome. No, I mean, it's it's interesting how each... Each segment of the business, you know, gets to handle it differently, and they're they're, yeah, you know, we just see different things. You know, so it's really it's really cool to see it. Mm -hmm. For new business, I actually uh, not a lot of distributors that I'm generating. um, So I already we've been in this territory for 15 years or whatever. So uh, you pretty much know the distributors. But as far as a lot of screen printers, uh, people in on my side of the business, on the apparel side, they either are really good with the ASI type customers or they're really good with the screen printers. Like I have two coworkers, one north and one south of me, that are like screen printers are their their jam and i'm just like they just think i'm a little weird so you know it's but those are the people when i go into my distributors my asi customers i'm like hey who's your who's your preference let me go in there and vet them like i always want to vet more screen printers and decorators to have those options so i'm bringing them on as well and that's another way to to generate some new new business is through referrals Mm -hmm. i think that was a big a big key that is highly overlooked in this industry is our referrals so, are there yeah. any other any other tips that either of you have, uh, you know, as far as how to how to better manage that? Because I mean, we sort of talked about that with like goal setting and and yeah. you know uh, how to plan out your day or say, your year. Uh, I'd like to add something. So, we I have a list of our top clients, and I will just do a a for lack of a better term a temperature check every once mm. in a while out of the blue, and it's not a hey how's things going. I will I will know exactly what we're doing for them, and I'll say you know we delivered this email broadcast you know what how are the stats what what can we do better for you you know i always like asking that question because if you just say hey how are we doing most people will just tell you fine because they don't want any sort of conflict even if they're not happy they're just gonna say things are fine and they'll go use somebody else and so i try to avoid that but if i get fine i'll always push back and say something along the lines of you know I'm glad you're happy with what we're doing for you. There's got to be a way that we can be better, though, in some area. What, what would one thing you'd like to see? And that allows them to criticize openly, um, and it kind of opens up the conversation. And again, it, we're, we're talking about you know new business development versus uh, how much time you spend on existing clients, and we're really talking about creating loyalty, at least in my mind. So sure. to me, that creates that bond that, hey, I actually care enough to allow you to criticize me and, and make us better as an organization. That's yeah. good. That's really good. I, I think people do themselves a disjustice, uh, or uh, you know, when they aren't forthcoming with that kind of feedback, though. And that's not just in this situation. That's like in any situation. Like if you're unsatisfied with what a supplier is, is providing, whether it's a service or a product or quality or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the the fact that you know a lot of I would think it's probably the majority of people actually would rather just avoid the confrontation and just go somewhere else as opposed to giving that feedback and creating that bond or that partnership. Because I think that feedback is invaluable to the supplier in order to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I think they're scared to know the answers, so they just never ask, as opposed to seeing that as an opportunity to improve and and you know and, and move forward and get better. You know, mm. that's yeah, it's 
good awesome. good tips. You gotta make awesome. you gotta ask the really questions. Really good. I'm sorry, you have some Meg? No, no, no. I said you have to ask the questions. That's you important. do. You have to you ask do. for and feedback. You have to open I always ask up. for feedback. Yeah. It's gotta open yourself up. Awesome. As always, tremendous podcast. And you know what else is tremendous, guys? What's that? That'd be our good pals over at Next Level Apparel. With those combed Ooh. ring spun shirts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they also have that ethos that's rooted in giving back and creating initiatives to that end. Like I said earlier, they've recently donated 400,000 garments to the Cambodian Red Cross. They're an approved member of the Fair Labor Association. They really are focused on being a good corporate steward, not just uh, internationally, but also locally, and I think that's really cool. So if you're interested in finding out more about not only the apparel that they create, but the good they create as well, go ahead and visit them at nextlevelapparel.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Guys, as always, really enjoyed the conversation, and I look forward to the next one. Awesome. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.